The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. It's like back to the future. It's like Groundhog Day. It's like every day that we've missed for the last 10 years. It's been about 10 years. Uh, Victor Homaswana is on the line to us from uh, Limpopo this evening. He's Executive Director of Marketing and Communication at the University of Limpopo. He's got a proper job. As our Victor, um, because he wrote a book earlier this year, and we all know you can't make a living out of a book. Um, but talk to me, please, if you will, uh, Victor, about Liberia and ArcelorMittal, um, and, a, and a big deal in Liberia that is uh, looks like it's going it's going bad for ArcelorMittal. It is going bad, but it could go in the right direction. Good evening. You have to wrap that book thing in. You... <laughs> and so speak somebody whose book is at the top of a pile. No, listen, it, it, do, it doesn't matter how many flipping books you sell. Unless you're Dion Mayer or the late Wilbur Smith, you're not going to make money out of writing a book. And you you know to, I make money. You know you, I make money. You, so, you, you worked know, so hard on yours as well. Arcelor is a big investor in that part of the world. You know, uh, Liberia has, Arcelor is a big investor. It also had Firestone. I'm not, I think I'm right. Yeah, Firestone, it was a rubber company because of the rubber plantations. So a, an $800 million investment for Liberia is a big, big investment. But it has been challenged by a student coalition. They are not rejecting it. But they are questioning how the distribution of the benefits will be taking place. Just the context, Bruce. Remember, Liberia is run by a soccer player called George Weyer, who ran after losing to Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, went to school, got his metric got a degree, got an MBA, came back and and won. So he has been right on the ticket of Oh, Victor. Let's just try. Um, uh, Victor's cell phone is letting us down. We're just talking about George Weyer, of course, famous footballer, uh, and then uh, in the education of George Weyer and how he then successfully came to be elected as president of Liberia after um, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, I think, who had a very good tenure. Sorry, you were just talking to us about the credentials of George Weyer, and then we lost you, Victor. Yes, I'm saying he, he came on the ticket. You know, when he lost to Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, they said, well, you're not educated. You might have been former footballer of the year, the winner of the Ballon d'Or, whatever, but you're not educated. He went to school, got educated, won an election. Incidentally, I was in there when he was elected. I was observing the elections, well, not as, a, as an official observer, but just as a curious African observer. And by the way, he won against this former girlfriend. I mean, I'm just giving you useless detail, but you can imagine that. But he has done fairly well, George Weyer, in trying to close the corruption bus and, and, and shut it down, Bruce. But this is something the country desperately needs. They don't get investments by the order of hundreds of millions of dollars. So he's going to have to negotiate this one and make sure it happens because losing it, it will be like in South Africa if we lost. Uh, I mean, half of the JSE. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. It's absolutely big. Uh, Mr. Dangote is not resting on his laurels, not for a moment. Uh, If we go across to Nigeria, and the biggest employer of chemical engineers in Nigeria is going to be the Dangote refinery. And this, finally, Nigeria is getting the ability and the technology and the equipment it needs to... Um, add value to beneficiate its biggest commercial export, which is crude oil, of which it's a massive producer, but until this time, this, till this point, has never been making its own petrol. When Bruce, when you and I did the Africa spot between what 2007 and 2014, 
I was whinging all the time about Africa <laughs> and <way>. not benefiting. <laughs> I was whinging. And Aligo Dangote, Africa's richest man, you know, he decided that he's going to solve the problem. Remember, he's that kind of a guy. He looks at a problem and he solves it. He did it with his food industry. He then did it with a cement factory. His cement business is big. We know it here in South Africa with the Sipako Cement, the joint venture that he has. But when he went into oil, he said, I'm either going to go big or not do it at all. And he said, Nigeria is importing refined crude oil products, refined crude, uh, petroleum products. And I've seen it. Whenever you're in Namibia, in Nigeria, queuing at a petrol station is something you, you don't want to be stuck in because we're talking queues that run into hundreds of meters at a time. And so he decided to, he's going to invest. This is a $12 billion investment that he made in this refinery. And when it does take off, it should have already been commissioned. It should have been operating, but delays because it had to be imported and it was assembled elsewhere in China. And he, when he brought it in, but when it does take off, it's just going to flip the switch so quickly. And let me tell you this, Bruce, it's not even the only refinery product. A project that is in Nigeria. He, he, since he announced his project, two other people announced that they'll be investing in refineries and it will not be enough to meet the needs of Nigeria, but at least it will allow it to start exporting some refined petroleum products to the economic community of West African states. So it's the kind of story that you know I'm very excited about. Yeah, absolutely. The other story, of course, which has been in the mix for so long is the economic collapse of Zimbabwe. I saw a number today saying that Zimbabwe's inflation rate this year is likely to measure something like 60%. It's far away from the hyperinflation um, of the of, of 10, 15 years ago where you know, that trillion and 20 trillion and 100 trillion dollar notes. Uh, but still, yeah. 60% inflation is diabolical in any society. It is diabolical. Now, this is something called the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission. And the leader of it, Matanda Moyo, I think his name is Justice, Justice Matanda Moyo, is blaming the banks of Zimbabwe for enabling money laundering. Now, I'm sorry, he's barking up the wrong tree. Because what he's talking about is small banks in Zimbabwe, and I'm not disrespecting banks that are operating there. But the real problem in Zimbabwe is the lack of confidence that people have in the currency. You're talking about it. So they end up finding ways of diverting their channel, channeling their business elsewhere. It's not the bank's fault. Even if it is the bank's fault, we could ask where is law enforcement. Just bear in mind that when President Emerson Mnangagwa came into power, Bruce, he promised that he was going to get back the money that's been stashed overseas. That's the real problem. It's not the banks in Zimbabwe now doing that. It's the money that he hoped to get I think he was targeting to get something like $4 billion back into Zimbabwe. He ended up getting a few hundred million dollars back when he declared the amnesty. But I don't think they trusted him that much to be able to get the money back. So when you do that and you don't have the confidence of the country or the citizen in the, in the, in the currency that you're using, people find alternative ways of getting their forex on the black market. And then the sum total of that is that a regulator like the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission will start blaming the banks. I'm not saying they are blameless, but I'm saying the bigger problem is not that. It's the lack of confidence that people have in the country. And as a result, they are saying, hey, if the generals stashed their money in whatever country they did and they did not even respond to the amnesty to bring it back, who are we? 
How do we know that Zimbabwe is not sliding down to the days of hyperinflation? And when it does, will our money be safe in the banks? That's the bigger problem that they must address, not start barking at banks, the few banks that are still... Oh, and we've lost, uh, we've lost him again, Limpopo Lions, letting us down. But thank you, Victor Homoswana, the Executive Director for Marketing and Communication at the University of Limpopo.